0: hey everyone welcome to friday know your gear number 56 56 wow um before we get started got a couple announcements first i just want to remind everybody uh that these live shows are also in podcast form in which you can go to soundcloud and download them or stream them and also on itunes on soundcloud it's know your gear that's easy enough and on itunes it's kyg podcast so either way, you can uh, stream them or download them. So if sometimes, if you're thinking about watching this and it's a little long, you can do that as well. And uh, so w- let's get started. We'll do our uh, friends in a little bit. Let's let's get talking. How's it going? How's everybody's week? I see a bunch of you here already. That's awesome. Um, and uh, the week was fun, right? It seemed like it mostly was about John Mayer Strat, but I'm sure there was other things. Hey, Justin Mabe, right there. Hey, what's up, buddy? Um, let's see. Guns and bullets. Gas and bullets. I guess that makes more sense. Gas and bullets. Um, how's it going? And uh, all right. Uh, so, Um, let's, we'll do some questions. And I know I normally start it with the announcement of the, uh, the friends of the channel that make this happen stuff, but I'm going to do that as we go through, I'll, I'll I'll talk about that later, go through a bunch of stuff, um, and highlight a bunch of people. Um, Josh is from Northern Ireland and he finally made it to the first live show. Well, welcome Josh. I appreciate you hanging out with us today. Um, I, I hope you have fun. I always have fun with them. Um, you know, Guitar Obsession says, Hey, Phil, love the videos, thank you, buddy. But it says, Can you do a review for 68 Princeton? Um, yeah, I thought I did do a, a review of the Princeton versus my super champ, but if not, I'll do a uh, maybe a, not so much a review, but maybe talk about why I like it. I mean, that's essentially a review, but I understand what you mean, but maybe explain, um, and what I did to it because I don't have any mods to it, but I took the frame out of it, so and I can explain why I did that. Um, the Blues Bunker says, don't like the John Mayer PRS Strat. Well, the Blues Bunker, you're not alone. There's a lot of people uh, when it comes to the John Mayer Strat that didn't like it. I saw a lot of that. If you guys saw, I didn't really chime in on it. Um, I really don't. I'm indifferent. I really don't care. Um, t- it didn't. For me, I'm not a seven and a quarter radius fretboard person. That's not my preference. Um, experienced uh, with setting them up. My, or I should say my experience with setting them up is every once in a while you get a magical one. Like a basically, if you guys don't know what that is, think of it this way: all the early 50s era Stratocasters from Fender came with seven and a quarter. It's kind of a round fretboard, not the neck, the fretboard. It's kind of round. And nine and a half is a little flatter, and 10's a little flatter, 12 is a little flatter, 16, right? So you know it just gets flatter. So it's not my preferred fretboard radius. Um, and I would imagine though, if PRS is doing it, it's gonna be probably one of the best feeling seven and a quarters, because part of the magic of that radius is it's really hard to get dialed in a great action if the neck isn't perfectly, I don't want to say perfectly straight, but if if the fretwork isn't perfect. And so I think uh, PRS could pull that off. Um, That being said, that's a big deterrent for me on the guitar, regardless of anything else. Other than that, it's just a Strat. Um, I guess my confusion was the 594 is just a Les Paul. So this is just a strat. It kind of makes sense to me that PRS, if they're going to copy a Les Paul, they'd copy a strat. Everyone else has. It's almost like maybe you don't get your luthery card if you don't copy a strat. Maybe you can right? Maybe he's a company. You're just not there. So, and, uh, and on a side note too, I also hope that they eventually make an economy version. I'd like to see a, I'd like to see an SE of that. That's something I might be interested in. So, I'm not really uh you know I don't think 2300 is ridiculous considering it's 2000 for a CE um and that's a two piece or three piece neck and this is essentially a one piece neck I mean there's a couple of things that you know I know it's like a strat basically but let's be honest uh, the the guitars that it's competing with in the market are sitting in that price range or a little bit less like at Fender's to me like if I would personally again Obviously, as a PRS fan, I'm a John Mayer fan. I think everybody who talks about this guitar says it first. I'm a John Mayer fan. I'm a PRS fan, and therefore, everything I say next isn't going to be bad. No, um, without a doubt, I would buy a uh, uh, the American uh, '60s reissue Strat. That's two grand right now. Before I'd buy the John Mayer Strat. Um, I like the '60s era pickups that Strat has. It that Strat has a nine and a quarter, nine and a half. Sorry, nine and a half uh, inch radius, which is a radius fretboard I prefer. Um, It's got the Fender look comes in the colors i like i'd pick that and say 300 bucks if i given the choice so there you go but the truth is i don't think they're gonna have any problems selling them (laughs) so i don't think um so uh earl miller says not a prs fan just saying you know that ties into this argument uh with in which i have about this let's say and this is a devil's advocate let's say you're paul reed smith and you make guitars, and that's actually true, he makes guitars. And you have exactly you, Earl, you're exactly the demographic I think this is designed for. It says, look, you're not into the PRS Custom 24, you're not into the PRS shapes, you're not into that vibe. Uh, they did a Les Paul 594 kind of thing, and they did the uh, Strip 58, but mostly the 594 is kind of like a, a Les Paul kind of thing. And that maybe capture up those people out there that, what I think this is always is, is it says, hey, look, we would like to build a product for you. Right. Obviously in this case, they made it for John Mayer, but realistically, I think it's just like how many people out there own strats? How many people out there like strats now? How many people like high end strats? It's a lot of people. So, uh, really just, you know, I'm sure when John Mayer's like, Hey, let's make a strat. They were like, yeah, that's something we could probably sell considering most of the people who have guitars have them. (laughs) Right. So it seems to make sense. Um, and from what i understand and this is non-confirmed when i say non-confirmed i mean it came from the from basically the prs side of the business they they sold a a ton of them so they did really well i heard a number like they sold two thousand already or something like that so again that's just a approximation but man that's a lot so um Let's see. Uh, okay, so you know Here's a good one. Says, uh, Mr. McKnight, what uh, wiring do you like for Strat? I don't have a tone control on my bridge, and I want to change that. What do you prefer? My personal preference for Strat wiring is to have the uh, the tone control, the first tone control, which is the furthest from the bridge, uh, wired to the bridge, and then the second tone control wired to the neck and middle. That's the combo I like. That's the way my Strats with single coils are wired up. So. Um, and the main reason is I very rarely, uh, and and so, you know, and my second best to that would be to wire it to the middle pickup. And the reason is, is I very rarely don't need to warm up the neck pickup. I'm trying to warm up the bridge. Um, so that's why I like it that way. Uh, John <laughs> John Richie's like, can I have your EVH lunchbox? You know what? I forgot that's there. <laughs> I put it there, and then I'm like, yeah. I'm like, where, where did that come up? Oh, it's right there. Uh, you know, I, I love my lunchbox uh, EVH a lot. Um, it's kind of like my main little fun metal amp for sure. Uh Jake says, Are you going to review the Tremonti Amp? I would really, really like to review the Tremonti amp. Um, the uh I think I think I I'm hoping I would be able to make an arrangement to borrow one from PRS. The problem right now is it's hard to reach out to anyone, a store or or PRS or anybody, and say, "Hey, can I borrow one for review?" As much as I'm sure, you know, they wouldn't mind doing that. Uh, they're, they're they got to meet demand when they come out, so I think it's gonna be a little tricky to get one up front. And normally, how I get one when stuff first comes out is I buy it, just like you guys. Um, and. I don't know if i'm going to buy one and i think this is this has come up many times uh, i i think that's probably of any amp ever that's ever come out i think i've been asked that so many times are you going to buy one and i think it makes sense because obviously i'm a prs fan you know i like Tremani, you know it seems like an amp i would buy and the main thing is i have an, an archon a 25 watt combo that i really really like and i'm afraid that if i get the tramani um all i'm really going to do is exchange out my combo for a head version does that make sense um and uh, if you guys have ever experienced this this uh, maybe you'll understand i think i paid 1200 bucks for the the archon 25 combo i might have got it for a thousand i just know they're only like 13 or something like that or 14 I, and i i didn't pay you know street and so my point is use i think it's worth eight so if i sell it i would have took so let's say I pay 12, right? I'm going to lose 400 bucks and then I got to buy a Tremonti for 650, 700. So I just, you know, I mean, sometimes it's not very exciting to, and it's uh, almost like a, a lateral change. I don't think there's going to be a big difference between the Archon 25 watt combo and the Tremani head, other than it's a head. And right now, when I don't feel like running the combo, I just run it out to a bigger cabinet. So, so that's my main thing. Um, Oh, Dave's got. A, oh, good question. Hey, Phil, how is the Sandemans holding up? I'm on the fence between the Charvel and the Fender Special Strat. Um, you know, Dave, I sold my my San Dimas, uh Charvel, and I, I I sold it to a good friend. And I will say this: I've it's one of those guitars I regret. I have I have looked and looked, and the problem I had was that one was perfect. I picked that out of a bunch, and it was a perfect weight. Everything was about it was perfect. The neck felt great. It was really the, the one, and I don't know why I got rid of it. It's, it made no sense. And I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest, the, the, the logic I had when I got rid of it was it was because it's that road flare red, that orange, and I got rid of it because I had an Ibanez the same color, and I just felt kind of like, oh, I have two guitars the same color. They're really essentially, I'm, and I wasn't really playing either that much. This goes to that saying I say all the time. Sometimes I, I, I tell myself, if I'm not using it, I should get rid of it. And what I've learned from my experience is uh, you shouldn't get rid of it unless you don't like it. So if you like it, even if you're not using it, maybe hold on to it because it'll come back to haunt you later. My argument is always simple. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but me, I've been put in a position in my life many times where I've had to sell gear, you know, because I didn't want to. <laughs> just put it that way, right? T- tough times. So my argument is that at some point, I always assume there'll be a situation where you'll you'll have to maybe sell this stuff. It's just a, re- it's a real... I think everybody who has a normal... Uh, uh, normal line income understands what I mean by that. You know, Hey, you know, uh, something could happen, right? The kids could need something. The car could break something. And I'm like, maybe a sell off a guitar too. And I've learned, I need to stop when I try to get rid of something unless I need to get rid of it, don't get rid of it because I can't get it back. Uh, is good. So I really miss that Charvel. So what I'm trying to say is I, if you're thinking about getting one, I, I would recommend it. Um, Robert Davidson did a super chat. Wow, man, for 50 bucks. Thank you, Robert. I appreciate that. That's awesome, man. Um, and if you have a question or anything, you just let me know. Or if you know you need a back massage or a high five, <laughs> anything. Uh, maybe the high five would be better. Okay, so. Um, uh oh, uh, gr- another great question. But I'm I feel horrible because I can't pronounce the name. Um, I'm not even gonna try okay, Um, but uh, you'll understand it because I got your question says hey Phil love the videos Would you rather have many different affordable guitars or a couple expensive guitars now? What I like about this question is uh, is this Uh, affordable guitars and expensive guitars are are a perception they're not a reality and I might get in trouble for this comment right now. I can see you guys unsubscribing as I talk. um what I mean by that is uh, some people going to say a $500 guitar is expensive. Some people are going to find a $5,000 guitar expensive is, uh, is means it's what you have the ability to buy and what you're comfortable with buying with. Okay. So everybody's going to have different standards of that that's basically what I'm getting to, especially since all of this is a luxury item. Keep this in mind. Nobody needs anything. A hundred dollar guitar is still a luxury item because we don't need it. It's not a physical need. Like, you know, maybe, you know, uh, a refrigerator. Okay. So, uh, why I say that is, is that obviously I'm just pre, Setting up the fact that I I would rather have uh more expensive, affordable guitars than a, a few expensive guitars, and I want to say that because that's a perception. So what I mean by that is that if I would given if you give me the choice of having let's say five one thousand dollar guitars or one five thousand dollar guitar, I would pick the five one thousand dollar guitars. Though consistency in this is I would probably continue that logic down to a, a to a good to good point. So in other words, if you said. Would you rather have one $2,500 guitar or uh, five $500 guitars? I would pick five $500 guitars. And this would go down into a certain point, and then you go, hey, would you rather have one $500 guitar or five $100 guitars? Then I would flip on you and say, yeah, I would rather have the one $500 guitar because I have a perception of that quality and expense. So to answer your question, uh, in almost every category, I would stick with more uh, of, of more affordable guitars than a few expensive ones. So that's the given idea. And I think I've never said this before, but it's probably something worth noting. Um, and uh, it only came up because I was talking to another YouTuber and he was saying, he talked about this. I have never spent, and this is always, everybody's got a different philosophy on this. I've never spent more than $2,500. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, right. That's my high. $2,500 is the most I've ever spent on a guitar. So that's, that's where I've freaked out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's a lot of money. And so, you know, um, and I, I'm not saying I've, I've spent many. Guitar is twenty five hundred dollars. I'm just saying, I've never spent more than that. I've, that's just the, that's where I freak out. Um, so, uh, and to be honest with you, that's an extreme for me. Really, anything as we cross fifteen hundred dollars, I get pretty nervous pretty fast. I'm like, I'm not, a, not as interested. Um, okay. <laughs> hey, Mike says, uh, get a Marshall fridge and you'll change your mind. Ah, yes, the Marshall fridge. Um, you know, I, I when it came out, I wanted one. I, I just never got one. Uh, I think I said this before. It's because I had a black fridge exactly like that, but without the cool facade, you know, the Marshall facade. And uh, I think I bought it for like 100 bucks new. And I think we gave it away or I sold it for 20 bucks. I don't know. Anyways, my wife, when I said, Oh, look at the fridge, she goes, Didn't you just get rid of a fridge just like that? And so that pretty much killed that. I couldn't come up with a justification for it. Okay. Um, what else we got going on? Now uh, basically a uh, Jeremy says, Yeah, I'm eyeballing a two note LE clean as well. Oh, okay. So this is a conversation you're having I'm just kind of jumping in on it. I play uh church and silent stage. Okay. Uh you know, so you know, I got to try the uh the two notes, uh those preamp pedals at GitCon and uh and if you're gonna use them for church, they are definitely cool. You can line them out to um to the PA or even use some IRs like an IR pedal. So, I mean, I know, kind of jumped in that, but it's just my two cents. Um, okay, uh, man, uh, it's an impossible question. Jonathan wants to know what is the most awesome guitar I've I've used ever used? Awesome guitar. Um, I'm trying to think of a guitar that you know, on a, you know that I touched that I just could never touch again because it was so great. Um, I, I don't know. There's nothing really w- the most awesome guitar. There's no guitar I've ever picked up that I was like, this guitar is so amazing. Nothing will come close to it. There are just guitars that I personally found I like a lot. So, um, sadly enough, I think it's just my S- copper strat and my mirror. I'm just really like them. I know that's kind of a, I was hoping I have a better answer than that. I was trying right now when you're thinking of your question, trying to think of like all of the unique guitars I've done setups on, because sometimes, um, you know what, though? I'll tell you one guitar here that sticks out with me, is I, I once did a setup. I had a customer who loved Tellies, man. This guy, I've never seen anything like it. He must have had 30 Tellies, but every kind of crazy Telly, like Custom Shop Fender, Regular Fenders, G&Ls, um, and uh, Exotic, you know, like every small luthier in the country that made a, a Telly type, he had them. And one of the Tellies that I really loved was a Crook Telly. Uh, it was Paisley, like the, you know, Brad Paisley's Telly. It was uh, Crook was a brand that Brad Paisley was using, and um, and I remember when I got it for setup, cause every time he'd bring me a crazy telly, I was excited, right? Cause you gotta check out something out crazy. And I, I remember that guitar being really, really good. And it's a very expensive guitar and just something, you know, not, I don't know how to get one. You know what I mean? Find one again to check it out. Um, let's see. Um, so Neri wants to know, Hey Phil, what do you use as an overdrive pedal? Well, uh, you know, pedals for me are like a uh, flavor of the week. I use whatever I kind of like. I'm really still using those fender pedals. Uh, I'm using the Santa Ana and the Pugilist. Uh, those are the two drives I'm really still excited about. Um, so currently in my, uh, not in here, but in the other room where I practice a lot, uh, literally on the board right now is the Pugilist and the Santa Ana drive. And I have a uh, uh, a Boss DD3 in the effects loop of the amp and a Boss RC1 looper. And then um, I'm using that uh, fender compression. So, so okay uh ice pick 19 says is 900 dollars too much for a used american double fat strat hardtail um well first of all hardtail strats usually uh, are hard to find uh they're very hard to find they don't make very many of them and it seems to be a guitar that people re- get requested at the shop i will tell you this for all the years uh doing fender sales that was the number one requested thing. Like, if I could say one thing that Fender customers were asking for, readily was hardtail strats, and Fender just for some reason isn't interested in doing them. I'm not sure why that is. So uh, I don't think 900 it's, it's too much. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, you know, sadly enough, you know, just a few years ago, you could find them for six. But, you know, the market in play, I mean, with a new American professional sitting at $1,400, just the market gets changed. Uh, I'd like to be in it for eight if I was you, but I don't think if you paid nine, as long as you like it and it's good condition. Uh, But again, also anybody else weigh in too, because this is one of those things where it's really like uh, community driven. In other words, you know, everybody out there, let me know what you've seen them for, what you paid recently for them. Um, So (laughs) the... uh, Oh, make a video for the DD-3. I love that pedal. You know, Alley Cat uh, made that comment. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. I use the DD-3 uh, for one reason and one reason only. Joe Bottomassa has a video out there where he was very early on in his career uh, where he was doing going through his pedal board. And he said the Boss DD-3 just set all the knobs straight up and it's great. And I don't really run it exactly like that, but it's pretty close. And it's just such an easy pedal to use. Um, that's great. And you can pick them up used for 60 bucks anywhere. And that's what he was saying. He's like, you can find them anywhere, like used at a guitar center or what have you. And then, oh, you know what? That might segue me into this. <laughs> let me let me share. Anyone's curious? Since there's 800 of us, uh, we we bought a Chapman guitar last week. And uh, what happened? Well, let's share. <laughs> so this is my first. I should probably disclose this. This is my first guitar, uh, new guitar at. Guitar Center. So right now, we're currently says that the estimated delivery from the Guitar Center uh, is going to be Tuesday the next week. So I thought I'd share with that. So um, where are we at in the review? Well, here's where we're at in the review. We ordered it on Friday. I did put in the order on Friday, and before the you, this video stopped last Friday, I received an email from Guitar Center saying they got my order. Then I got my next email from them was on the sixth, which I think was Tuesday, right? Let's look at the calendar because today's the ninth. Uh, yes, yeah, so on this Tuesday the sixth, which was now granted, uh, we were late in the day on Friday, and their Saturday and Sunday were holiday, our uh, you know uh, a weekend. Uh, so basically, then Monday, then Tuesday. So it took them two business days and five, almost well four days afterwards, but two of those business days, they sent me an email saying the guitar had shipped what's strange about it is it shipped out of florida and i went online and i know that they have a a center a guitar center has a fulfillment center in california like an irvine and then they have one in indiana and i loosely found where i thought it said kansas too but but uh indiana and california so i could not find and I, so you guys know maybe you're better at this than me i couldn't find where there's a distribution center a fulfillment center in Florida but that's where the guitar has been shipped from so I don't know if that's because they have a center there in Florida or is the Chapman guitar shipped somewhere different than guitar center maybe they're not at the guitar center again I'm not alleging that I'm just thinking but either way what I will tell you is this this is my very first new guitar purchase at guitar center I have purchased in my entire life I purchased three used guitars uh, from guitar center and when i want to say three used guitars i mean a bass and two guitars and the bass in the the base and one of the guitars i immediately returned so i got them and i didn't like them but i kept one the other one was my schecter guitar that purple hellraiser so um being my first new purchase with guitar center it, it really sucks because it's basically a week and a half later you get the guitar And I understand that it's coming from Florida, but um, I'm on the other, I'm far from Sweetwater too, and Sam Ash, and I seem to get products from them much faster. So I don't know if this is just isolated, or if it's the Chapman thing, or if it's just anything from Guitar Center, I don't know. Uh, But it seems like a week and a half is a pretty long time frame, you know, to get something to you. But I just thought I'd give an update. I just don't want you guys thinking I'm not reviewing it or anything. Literally, as soon as I get the guitar, I am set up right now that once it arrives i will unbox it and review it on the spot in one shot you know what i mean and we'll i'll upload that video so so we can get a first impressions view of what you're getting from guitar center and and the chapman guys with this guitar center arrangement so um so there you go all right um oh you know what there's a good uh, tyson uh cat says i like musician friend over guitar center they are basically the same company but i some I, I I I agree with you 100. I like musicians front over Guitar Center as well. Yeah, you right. You know they own them, but yeah, I, I know they're connected, but they're kind of not connected. If that makes any sense, they're owned, but they don't operate the same. So, um, uh, uh just because he's asking, Steve one two 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 four 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 says, "Hey Phil, who's your favorite YouTuber?" My favorite YouTuber is uh, AVE. That's uh, Alpha Victor Echo. So, because uh, he's Skookum as Frig. So, for anyone that knows that channel, they'll know what I mean. Um, by the way, I got Lawrence into him, and Lawrence uh, Petros uh, bought me a shirt. I was wearing it the other day. Too bad I wasn't wearing it today, but he's my favorite just because he's funny and he's interesting. So, okay. Uh, what do we got next? Next interesting question. All right. uh, Oh, yeah. Steve says he never heard of the channel. Yeah, it's interesting to check out. You know, it's not. uh, He's got curse words, man. I'm just warning you. I don't don't have a problem with it. Yeah, somebody's ABE is awesome. Yeah, the guy's awesome. It's one of those guys that when you watch it, you either hate it or you like it. But either way, he's been around. He's got a lot of subscribers. But he's not a guitar channel. He's a tool channel. So. Yeah, Kurt, good Kurt. Kurt's saying, "Hey, I shopped online and in-store at Guitar Center for years and no issues." Yeah, I've I bought you stuff off their website with little to no issues. Um So like I said, and this isn't a bad experience. I'm just saying this is slow. So I'm not sure. What I'm saying is exactly that. Since it's in Chapman's new to Guitar Center, I don't know because I have never bought a new guitar online from them if this is the normal process or if it's longer because of the Chapman. That's what I'm basically trying to say. I just don't know. So we'll see. Um, Joe uh, did a super chat. Have you tried the Valentin Coral Pedals? Uh, Verb mod delay. Uh, What are your thoughts? Uh, Need an honest opinion. I have not. uh, But... um, I will put it in the index so I can check them out. Uh, I'm curious, right? Especially a, a, you know, I just played. Um, my buddy Matt brought me over the Earthquaker Devices one. That's the mod. That's a delay uh, and re- reverb, and it was really cool pedal. I really liked it. So, hold on a second. So. I'm really interested in these uh, delay and reverb mix pedals. I think it's really cool because I usually, I feel weird having to run two pedals in the effects loop to get reverb and delay. So having it in one spot, it makes it a little easier and more convenient. So the, okay, uh, again, I can't even try the name, but I can do the question. It says, do you like Chinese Gretsch Electromatics? What are your thoughts? Uh, I, I do. I have a Chinese Gretsch uh, streamliner. It's not the Electromatic. I really like that. Um, And I have played many of the Gretsch uh, Electromatics that are made in China. And uh, I believe, in my personal opinion, the ones I've touched in the last few years have been pretty good. Uh, In the past, um, there was... Not bad, but, you know, kind of dodgy. But I think as a whole, China's kind of up the game on guitars in the last five years, 10 years. Um, And I think that when I say up the game, I mean, manufacturers are speccing higher standards for those guitars. So, yeah, I, I've had no, no negative issues with them yet myself. So, except for, and I just want to point this out because it's really uh, across everybody. What I'm noticing, though, <laughs> with one thing, with all brands, is a lot of companies are using three way switches I feel like I've never seen so many three way switches that don't work I feel like almost every three guitars I touch now in the in the mid to low price point the three way switch doesn't work so just thought I'd share that maybe it's just maybe it's just bad luck so um what's the blue strat behind you alex wants to know that is my american standard strat and uh, last week you probably saw it had three single coils and now it has the two humbucker pickguard. i switched it to see what i thought again and i uh, missed the three single coils, so it'll go back so uh, um i wire up a couple pick guards and i can drop them in a strat and see how i like it um i thought because i really like my copper with two humbuckers i go hey might as well make the other one two humbuckers again and really no the magic was back in single coils so but it's just an american standard strat nothing nothing fancy um uh Jans I'm trying again I can't say the name Jans not Janaske? guitars and bass says hey what do you think of european guitars and basses um I'm trying to think of european guitars and basses I've played other than obviously uh you know I have a german Warwick and I have a german Framus uh and uh, I love them they are, they are the best built instruments I, I own. That's, uh, again, and if you notice the terminology, I just want to be clear with the terminology. I'm not saying they're the best. I'm saying they're the best built. They just, there's something about them. Uh, you know, a good friend of mine who I trust, who works for Paul Reisman, when he handed my Framus, when he handled it, uh, he said the same thing I did. He's like, wow, you can just really feel that they're, the tolerances are tight and they really know how to build an instrument uh, just really well. So, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else I've tried, uh, from the EU, you know, across this side, but I I just can't think of any, um, besides, you know, just strange things over the years. Most of the stuff that I've played that's technically from Europe was Chinese or Korean, but owned by a European company. So I don't know if that counts, right? That'd be like saying... Uh, you know, Schechter's a U.S. company, but the guitars are made in Korea. I don't know. You know, I mean, I know they have U.S. guitars, but I, I haven't really tried any U.S. guitars. I've tried their Korean guitars. So, um, Brian says, are we going to get the Phil XG review? Uh, Phil, uh, texted me and said he wanted to come on the live show and he was trying to, we're trying to work that out. So I'm trying to hold that off to when he does the, comes on the live show. Um, um, he was hoping that... Uh, that I live somewhere on the tour line of where the next tour is. So he could probably stop in and just do the video here together, but I don't. So um, we're going to have to go back to doing a dial in a thing. So let's see. Uh, H. Flynn says, How much was your Framus? Uh, it was insane. It was like, uh, now I paid artists. Pricing and I'm not allowed to disclose what that is has nothing to do with YouTube. No artist is allowed to disclose the pricing That's the deal. Um, so it's it's basically they give you a a special price Um, It's like dealers aren't supposed to disclose their their pricing as well Um, And but what I can tell you is two things what I paid in artist pricing was not cheap so it was expensive but not nearly as expensive as that guitar. That guitar has a crazy price tag on it. It's like $6,000 street or something like that. Um, so I would never be able to buy that guitar if they didn't take care of me like that. So, um, but in all fairness to them and to and to myself, to give myself credit too, um, I had decided no matter what I was getting it. So I really decided to do it and I was gonna break my rule about pricing and they out of the graciousness of them said we would like to to take care of this price so it was really good so and i understand and i understand now when um uh uh, people who have say artist pricing say that i understand why they say that now because I, i get it i'm sure rock stars paid a lot less than i pay so no one wants anybody discussing what they paid as a discount but um but yeah there'd be no way i could afford let's start there there's no way i could afford the guitar um Logically what they really did for me. So, you know was I had every intention if I had to pay the right price Which I was prepared to do I was I knew it's six guitars I was getting rid of to get that so because that I didn't have to get rid of them So they kind of saved me on that. I really appreciate them Um, but it was the demo model at the show. So, you know what I mean? It wasn't like a custom made, you know, kind of thing So so I bought off the, the it's a custom-made guitar. I just didn't get to spec it out. So but that's fine uh, To get the deal it was worth it Uh Laguna palms did a super chat. Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, why are equalizers better than attenuators and are volume pedals a good way to go? So, uh, well, I think what you mean in that is like, if you run an equalizer through uh, the effects loop and kind of use it to push the amp down. Um, I, I don't know if they're better. I prefer them sometimes. Uh, I have attenuators and I have EQ pedals and I really prefer sometimes just using a pedal in the effects loop amp and using that as a master volume to bring the amp down, uh, especially for quiet volume. And um, it's not because I'm afraid of attenuators d- damaging the amp. That's a question I get asked a lot too is do attenuators damage amps and Uh, every everybody i have asked that that does two amps, that builds two amps, uh, because that's something I asked them, and everything I've experienced in my my life says no. The only repercussion is of course you're running the amp hard. So it's like, you know, even though it's quiet, it is running hot. So your tubes will burn up at if they would if they were running at that volume. So I hope that was makes sense. So in other words, yeah, you're your 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 amps loud, so you're gonna be running your tubes hotter. Um, but Uh, I prefer, I think I prefer an equalizer through the effects loop, Um, but I plan to actually test that. So, you know, Uh, I just um, ordered a used attenuator that I trust uh, from um, Rivera. I got the Rivera rock crusher and um, I want to do that and I want to AB it against that same kind of rig. And so in your next question, volume pedal is the way to go. Um, Yeah, you can use it. My experience, you can use a volume pedal in the effects loop as well, Uh, but I did that in that video where I talked about that. The EQ pedal sometimes helps fix the problem, which is sometimes when you use a volume and the and the effects of the amp to kind of bring the overall volume of the amp down, it thins out a little bit. So it's, sometimes it's nice to have an EQ to fix that. So uh I'm gonna try it because he did a super chat. Tuck Tuck you chen? Tuck you chin. Tuck you chin. I man, I'm probably butching your name. I apologize. T T-O-K-U-C-H-E-N. Thoughts on the Diodario 2 Dodario. Sorry, we got the official on that now, right? Thoughts on the D'Addario two way humidifier system. My apartment swings between 30% and 50% humidity. Uh, do I need to humidify my solid body guitar? Also, any word on a single coil uh, set neck guitars? Okay, two things. One, if you're running 30 to 50% humidity in your apartment, um, you should be close to fine. I mean, some guitar companies say 60% humidity. humidity. I don't think thirty to fifty percent humidity is dangerous if, you're, if that's what you're reading, you know. Right? Um, I think you'd be fine. Uh, the two-way humidifier system is really a good system, so I do like it a lot. Um, where I live in, in Arizona, it's dry, and I've sold a bazillion. <laughs> I just made that word up. I've sold a bazillion humidifier systems. Let me tell you, if any <laughs> anyone's selling humidifiers it's arizona uh so uh yes and the two-way system is one of the ones i recommend the most it's a really good system and there's a lot of other systems there's one by oasis that's really good too uh and i really like the the dario guy so you know to 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 recommend another company is a big deal so the oasis check out their system i kind of like it a little bit more so again oasis humanist and when i do the index i'll put a link to their website um And what's nice about those systems is in your case It's a add it if it needs it and don't if it doesn't so in other words if it doesn't need humidifier uh, humidity humidity Sorry, if it doesn't need humidity You don't have to worry about the humidifier or do anything and then I I know you had a question before about single coil guitars on set X. the only ones that I've really seen trying to think besides p90s is uh, like I said fender has Uh, They don't make them anymore, but they have a FMT series Strat. You should look at that on Reverb. Uh, The FMT Fender Strat is a set neck guitar with single coils. They have an HH model, an HSS model, and I think an SSS model. So something to check out. And then somehow I lost... Hold on, let's see if I can scoop it. I lost the Super Chat somehow. What I don't understand is sometimes the Super Chats... It's like a video game. If I don't answer them fast enough, they go away. So... I don't know where they go if anyone knows where they go let me know um if i do miss a super chat what i will tell you guys is this i check them afterwards and i will answer them next week uh red guy just did one it says you ever hear of the Del Rey tesco gold pickups um no that sounds familiar Del Rey tesco pickups like the tesco guitars so i'm gonna say yeah i've heard of the, the those Del Rey sound like a the I mean, that sounds like a pickup familiar to the Tesco line, but not specifically as being a pickup, like an individual separate brand, if that's the question. But something to check out for sure. Man, there's over a thousand of us hanging out. So that's awesome. Yeah, see, someone just said, you're over a thousand. Well, that's awesome, guys, hanging out. Uh, the next question says, What do you think of HK right behind you? I hear some get. A little fizzy on the high gain you know what i have i've had this amp now for a month and a half uh uh checking out going through it and i really love everything about it except for it's a little fizzy like you said but what i've learned is is this falls into a category of amp. i think the paul Re- paul reed smith amps do it too certain amps give you more than you need in other words the gain like you never need anything past six but they let you have ten <laughs> Right, and you just gotta self-restraint. Never go past six. The Houston ramp for me sounds amazing. In fact, because it has a boost built into it, I learned just never go past five or six. And if you need more gain, hit the boost. Don't continue to do the gain because it does it kind of fizzes out. And Marshall's kind of do that too. You know what I mean? That fizz on the end. So to answer your question, yeah, there's a little bit of fizziness there, but I learned how to kind of dial it out. So that's what I. That's why I've been spending some time with it. I just didn't want to do a. You know here it is I want to actually be able to go here's what I discovered I, about it and here's what I learned to do to adjust it and the main reason is is because it has it is very unique amplifier and the fact that it is loaded to pair with options it is crazy how much stuff shoved in the thing it almost defies logic how much stuff those guys shoved into that amp right and they gave me the uh, the pedal to check out with it so I was like okay crazy right um and, um, I can have this as long as I, I need it. Cause it's a, a B stock. They just sent me a B stock, you know, return that's been refurbished so I could check it out and, and review it. So we'll get there. Um, Oh, cool, man. Uh, thank you. Uh, somebody just sent me the super chat. I miss this says a uh, super chat. I miss uh, any thoughts on the PRS silver sky. Yeah. I talked about that at the very beginning, but we'll talk about it again real quick. Uh, since it's, uh, the, the hot, the hot thing. Uh, let's, let's do it. Let's, uh, Let's do this. So if you guys don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about this, the Silver Sky. If you don't know what it is, it's a Strat. <laughs> so it's a Strat. PRS has decided to make a John Mayer Strat. Um, so let me give you some honest critiques. I talked about it in the beginning, so when you watch the replay, listen to what I say uh, about it then. But I want to talk about a couple things that I think are interesting about the guitar. When I say interesting, I mean interesting, strange, uh, unusual. First thing is... The nut on the guitar to me is strange because they used a fender style thin cut nut. And the reason I find that straight inch is even though it's a Strat type guitar, you think Paul Reed Smith, cause it's his neck, their neck, they would have kept the Paul Reed Smith style nut. So that's really interesting to me in the John Mayer way is like, did John Mayer really, does he notice that? Is that something like something I never paid attention to? I never really thought about, does a Strat nut feel different <laughs> <laughs> than, you know, than this square cut nut that, you know, Gibson and a PRS come with. So I thought that was strange. Um, so that was one of the things I, I kind of, I thought was different. Um, a lot of people seem upset, right? In fact, it's probably the most upset I've seen people when it comes to a guitar. And, um, and uh, I will tell you something that I I thought was funny. Something I was told many years ago by a friend of mine who doesn't work at Fender anymore, but he worked as a product manager for Fender. And he said, almost jokingly but very truthfully, he said, "The thing about artists are if when you when an artist works with a company, eventually they'll make that company make that they'll make that company make them a Fender or a Gibson." So his argument was, if if uh, if a, a artist goes to Schechter, eventually they'll they'll get convince Schechter to make a P-Base or a Strat. And if they go to LTD, ESP, they'll eventually get them to make a Les Paul. Like he, his joke was that everybody eventually makes this other company that makes something that they make, make a Fender or Gibson clone. And so when this happened, I thought, man, he must really know something. Because this is another example of that. You know, John Muir went to PRS. They made him all these PRSs and he had them make him a Strat so so now they have a strat and for in all power smith's world now there's officially a prs strat and a prs gibson if you want a 594 prs that's a gibson and if you want the silver sky you can have a strat now and uh so what's great is this there's going to be some people out there that are just huge prs fans you know there's there's fender fans gibson fans ibanez fans insert your favorite brand now fans and uh to them, they'd rather own a Strat made by PRS and a Gibson made by PRS and a PRS. <laughs> it's just how it's going to go. Me personally, I would like to see if they make an SE, what that's like. Because, uh, again, I'm not a big fan of the 7 quarter inch radius fretboard on the guitar. I haven't felt one yet. That's been one of the big arguments is how can anyone critique something they haven't been able to touch yet? Um, so I totally agree with that. 100% agree with that actually. Um other than the fact that um I have actually touched it because I've touched a strat and it's pretty much that's a strat. So um y- you know I can I can generally understand what it's going to feel like, <laughs> right? It's going to Um the David Tucker did a super chat Yeah, Kiesel Vader, uh Kiesel Vader found will you go 6 7 or 8 string fan fret multi scale uh on the vader oh fund i'm sorry the kiesel vader fund on the kiesel vader oh thanks man i appreciate that david um on the kiesel vader i'm definitely going six string not uh fan fret I, I i don't i i think it would be fun to own a seven string fan fret vader that would be like a cool like wow what a cool guitar but um i'm afraid to add a guitar that's that's expensive to the collection that I'm not gonna use. And so I think I'll use it more if it's more functional to me. And to me, it's it's really functional if I could take it everywhere. So um, I find myself, I take a guitar, if I'm away from my house for any, any length of time, more than 24 hours, I usually take a guitar with me. Um, I'm not as bad as it used to be, but at some point, like if my wife would make me go to a friend's party and we know they're gonna be there like six hours, I'd bring a guitar. <laughs> so, uh now just like a lot of you a lot of times I didn't get to play it but I still brought it just in case. It's like you always have that like well in case it gets boring go find a spot and play guitar. So uh let's see what do we got for questions too. Um any experience with the iron gear pickups? Haven't. Uh I fancy I fancy the stream hammers. Uh, steam hammers, sorry. Uh, but don't want to buy a set, just end up wanting. Uh, bare, I think bare knuckle pickups. Anyways, yeah, I haven't. There's so many pickups out there. It's a, it's impossible. In fact, what's what's tough is uh, you know the, the it's tough to to try them because you got to install them and everything. So, uh, Bruce. Bruce Bow says, "Phil, what is the best amp for country that music? Do I have, um, in my personal collection? If I was going to say, ah, what's my country amp? Um, believe it, I think it'd be my Super our uh, Supersonic right there. And the reason is, is not because it has a gain channel. It just I-, I love my telly through that amp. It really has that bite. It has like that Lone Star Mesa Boogie sound. Uh, I know that's part of a more modern country kind of sound, but definitely that's the." If I'm going country sound, that's the country sound I'm going. It's more of a, the, the rock Garth Brooks country sound. So that amp does it for me for sure. In fact, I can probably tell you, um, my Supersonic, I purchased that Supersonic right after I was at the Garth Brooks concert. In fact, I could probably, sadly enough, show you each thing I own, what concert made that purchase happen. I'm really a, a bad when it comes to concerts. I like going to concerts, but when I leave the concerts, it's just in my head. You <laughs> know, right? Hey, that would be the coolest thing ever. I could pretend I'm Garth Brooks' guitar player. <laughs> I'm not just kidding. Okay, um, I got a super chat. It says, "Phil, what, what will be released first? Your review of the H K K or Pixie's <laughs> review of the Viper one? Uh, the H and K for sure. Um, for 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 sure. So, uh, because um, I'm pretty much done with it. I think I started filming it this week. I did a lot of filming this week and didn't finish anything. Um, And. Okay. And Harry Evans uh, says, hey, Phil, when are you going to go visit the Kiesel factory? Um, You know, I I don't know. I have no plans to do that, um, but I'd like to. Um, I'd like to, I, have been thinking about taking a week. So let me run this idea by you guys, Tim, what you guys think I'm thinking about, instead of going to summer now, and instead of doing some of these other things that I've done in the past, I'm actually thinking about doing something like a one week road trip, going to like California and hitting GNL and Kesel and and Seymour Duncan, you know, just go up to the, to the uh, North side of California and just come on down and hit as many things as I can. Right, maybe a couple interesting stores, a couple interesting places, uh, and make a whole trip out of it uh, and do that. And I think that would be fun. And I could make a lot of content and uh, do some live streams, you know, right from my phone and ask you guys some questions like, What would you like to see? And I think that'd be cool. I think much better, much funner than walking up down the aisles of the summer now. That's what I'm thinking, uh, Nathan Sanye uh, says, uh, he's got Michael Nelson at big Harry guitars has been doing tons of videos about the ultimate audio direct box and teamwork later. Any thoughts on it? Well, Michael Nelson's videos are fantastic. I mentioned before his, his videos are really fantastic. Um, and, uh, he, the uh, ultimate attenuator. Yeah. I watched the video. I liked it. Um, I like the ox. The ox is just 1200 bucks. That's the thing. It's, it's, it's totally worth it, man. It's totally worth it. If you guys haven't seen the, uh, 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 the the aux which is an attenuators plus IR it's just an amazing product Um, but it's $1,200 and I'll get there like I said I know I'm gonna eventually get one just because it's I've the one I tried was so amazing so it's just it's just a a lot more expensive than the attenuators I can find right now I think the rock crusher I found it for 350 so three hundred fifty dollars much difference than 12 for me right now oh well Uh, Canon, Canon Lawrence says, Hey, Phil, my first gig is tomorrow. Any advice on nerves, backup gear to bring? We play classic rock and psychedelic. Um, you know, this is silly, (laughs) right? Uh, but I'm going to say it. I say it to people, no matter what they do, even if they have a booth at NAMM, uh, have fun, man, you got to have fun and your nerves are going to, are going to get to you. But here's the problem. If you don't have fun, no one is going to have fun. And I, maybe I'm adding more pressure when I say that to people, but you, you understand you're there so people can have fun. You, they lead by example, right? A lot of people tell you all this, you know, picture them in their underwear, do a lot of stuff. Just, man, just literally enjoy it every minute of it, um, especially because when you get on stage, it's going to go by in five seconds, no matter how long you're playing. It goes by fast. Um, so just go up there and have fun. And if you can't have fun, fake it. Um, because again, they can't have you, they can't have fun if you're not having fun. So, uh, backup gear. Um, you know, d- there's there's two philosophies on that. I found you know always have uh, always be thorough and try to remember every extra cable, every extra thing. But also, what I've learned is always try to have a minimalist mentality of what you can run on. So, just like as long as I have my amp. And this cable and the guitar, I can make that work. And then you bring the other stuff. And if anything's missing out of that, you can always go back to minimalist. Um, and the number one thing I see, everybody thinks it's guitar cables. The one number one thing I see everybody forgets is power cables. So always make sure you have your power cable for your amp. Some reason people forget those. Maybe it was a lot easier back in the day when the power cables were wired to the amps instead of now. Um and the reason is, is because even though at the most places they'll have a power cable, somebody got another band or somebody, they're usually using them. So it's it gets a little, t- it's it a little tough. So, in fact, I can tell you right now, and this is no joke. I have a amp power cable in my car right now. It's in the little compartment where the spare tire is D- just because of that. There's a couple of things. Um, uh, Sydney wants to know, is GitCon happening this year? If so, when and are you going? Uh, it is happening. It got pushed back. So it's in October this year. And I have not heard any of the official anything about it. So so you know, I'm kind of, I just don't know. I know it is happening. It is in October. And uh, I am invited. So I mean, I don't have any intentions to not, not go. But um, but i know there's some changes so i'm just waiting for the to understand what's going on and um but seems cool right uh izar 21 says ivan is gem junior in yellow worth a buy from my first pointy guitar i play mainly blues but uh, got a charvel sandimus ht recently otherwise a ghost fret question mark um so, you know, the Jim Jr., if you want it, it's worth it because it's 666 it's the weirdest price, right? $666 uh, street price. And I think you can find better deals than that on Reverb. At least I saw them. I think I saw them in the high fives, low sixes. Um, cool guitar. I like Ibanez, obviously. I have a bunch of gems, so I like them as well. Um, me personally, I think the Charvel Sendemus HT is a nicer guitar. So you said you just got that. I don't think that you are going to get an improvement. They might be lateral. In other words, it might be the Jim Junior. I see it could be equal to the San Demas, But me personally, playing both guitars, my experience with both is the San Demas was a slightly better quality guitar in the way it fit and finished and sounded. So something to think about. There. Otherwise, Ghost fret. I don't know because I haven't got my Ghost fret yet. But I, uh, you know, maybe I would hold off and see. Maybe when I I'll do. It's going to be next week because as soon as I get the Ghost fret, the video will go up. It'll literally, when it shows up, like I said, when it shows up that day, I want to do the video s- fast enough to where it's exactly what I said it would be. A first impression of what happened. You know, what was the experience like? So, I plan to do that as soon as the guitar gets here. It says it's slotted for the 13th. So, you just got to wait till the 13th. Um, so, because I'm not going to do a fancy uh, edited review or anything. I'm just going to grab it, use, unbox it in front of the camera and do the thing. I'll probably only edit out the parts where I get up and turn on and off the camera, obviously. Unless you guys don't care, and I'll leave that <laughs> So uh, if you guys remember long enough, I don't know if any of you have been around long enough, but all my original videos was exactly that. I used to reach over and touch the on and off button on the camera, and, and that's, how they, that's how they were. So maybe I'll do it again for old time's sakes. So... Uh Bella Chi says, Why are PRS guitars so addictive? You know what? I will tell you, there's actually that's uh, it, you're not actually being you're actually right. So there is a few brands, Taylor guitars is one of them, that have what's considered Taylor guitars has one of the best brand loyalty, uh uh has well, I should say the strongest brand loyalty of almost any guitar brand. There are certain brands that just be honest, that that's what they do. They sell you a guitar and they immediately make you a fan of buying more guitars. So yeah, I, I don't know why they are addictive, but PRSs are addictive. Um, when when you, we used to sell a PRS to somebody, it was very rare that we did not sell another PRS to that same person. It was almost like chum in the water. Once one, they bought one, they bought another. So that's... And you could say that about a lot of brands, but I, hey, PRS is, like I said, like Taylor. It's just something about that. Um, we got a Martin. Martin Porter said, Hey, Phil. I need a clean blues amp for Strat for home recording, quiet rehearsal. Is the Blues Deluxe with an attenuator the best bet for under $1,000? Uh, yes. Um, I think so. For 1000 bucks, it's a good way to go. I don't really think you need an attenuator on the Blues Deluxe. Uh, you know, the, the clean is going to be Fine at any volume level so you're not there's not a problem there but you can attenuate it for sure uh me personally i would run like I said uh, uh some kind of eq through the effects loop or i did a video where he shows you how to change out the 12ax7 to a 1287 it'll warm up the amp a little bit you know it's take some of the brights off but you can push that back with the bright but it will mellow the amp out so and if you're really concerned about the blues deluxe being too much power there's always the blues junior although the blues deluxe sounds a lot fuller and bigger for sure so, yeah, but yeah, no, that's a good way to go, man. I I, I can't fault that. That's definitely one of the go-to kind of amps out there for sure. So, Justin Mabe. Hey, Justin, what's up, buddy? Says, hey, Phil, where is John Wayne head at? I need a throwback. Uh, he's actually over here. Let me do it. He's actually right there. <laughs> um. So, there you go. Uh, so yes, that's a throwback. You know, I kind of did it fast. I feel kind of bad. There he, there he is right there. He's there. There's my new Warwick base too. Um, so, uh, yeah. So if anyone doesn't know what that's about, uh, originally in the videos when I started, cause they were in my bedroom, uh, I have a John Wayne statue in there, but now it's in my office. Uh, and it was my dad's. I bought it for my father when I was like 12 and when he passed away, that's what I kept. So if you are my age... You will understand what, what I am talking about. Um, or I- I- ish if you're my age ish. Um, and if you're older than me, then you'll, I don't have to tell you that you already know. There is just something about American men in their fifties, sixties and seventies. It's like John Wayne is like, you know, that's the guy like <laughs> they just watch John Wayne movies. Um, I've seen every John Wayne movie twice, uh, I sometimes jokingly say against my will. So, um, <laughs> so obviously, uh, yeah, so everybody's dad was like, is, is a John Wayne fan for some reason in that age group. So my dad was a huge John Wayne fan. Uh, and, um, believe it or not, um, I actually, when I was in high school, I worked at old Tucson studios down in Tucson, Arizona as a gopher. Uh, and I don't know if you know what that means, but literally means you, you, they go, go for this and you would run. Right. <laughs> um, And so that's what you did all day. You wore a hat and, you know, some stupid cowboy looking shirt. And they'd be like, go get ice. (laughs) And you would bring a 20 pound bag of ice across the the park. And it's, uh, if you're not familiar with old Tucson Studios, it's where they filmed a lot of those old Westerns, man. Um, The only downfall is, and that's why it's all nostalgic for me, is after I stopped working there a few years later, when I was in the army and I was in Maryland, uh, it burnt down and uh there was uh rumors that it was arson and all this stuff but it doesn't matter the important part is that the uh they never rebuilt it the same so so it was just kind of a thing i'm just sharing the story uh blues bunker says need more men like john wayne today uh yeah you know there's you know it's one of those it's good and bad kind of things i know he's got some negatives you know he's got controversy and stuff i i look at him more as a a character than as a person does it make sense so you know it's just that kind of you know, cowboy thing. It's the cowboy thing. So, um, let's see. William says, Phil, do you have any songs you've written and can you sing a bit of them? I don't sing at all. So I've never written any songs I sing. I've written many songs uh, instrumentally, almost all on bass. I don't think I've ever done an actual guitar song. I've done bass, though, it's by far. Um, maybe I'll have to pull those back out and do that. Um, All right. Oh, James Williams says, budget 8-ohm 50-watt speaker, MG250DFX pedal for tube. Man, this is... You might... Don't don't super chat it again, James, but if you could send that to me again, I just don't understand the question. It says, a budget 8-ohm 50-watt speaker. And I think you're asking for your mg 250 D- So MG250DFX is a marsh lamp, right? So um, uh, I think some of the best... Uh, Well, there's a ton of them. There's warehouse speakers, and stuff like that. But the speakers I like for for budget is eminence, man. You can get some good eminence speakers, uh, really good. 8-ohm 50-watt eminence speakers. You can get governors. You can get all kinds of stuff uh, for short money, especially used. And what I love about speakers is I honestly feel like they sound better when they get worked in, right? Um, Even sometimes when they get abused, some people just crank their amps and torture them. They just sometimes just... Sound better. They're not as tight. They're a little looser sounding. They they're just smoother Um, so to me nothing better than a used speaker so man go on your craigslist and find a used speaker and uh nowadays man what I keep seeing everybody doing is Uh, you need 8 ohms, so that won't help but usually buying a 412 cabinet dirt cheap and gutting the speakers out of that But don't be afraid to buy a speaker box if you can get it cheaper than a speaker you know what I mean, with the speaker in it and take the speakers. But yeah, like I said, and, and Alex is saying great speakers. Yeah, I mean, there's just those are great speakers out there. Um, yeah, I and Jared's saying uh, Phil did a video on how to break in the speaker. I did. So, um, and uh, it was nice because Guitar World and Guitar Player shared that video like many times. So I, I highly, I really love breaking in that speaker. Uh, uh, you know, when, in fact, once the speaker is broken in, it's kind of like, I just don't want to, don't want to lose it. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah. Matt Harrison saying same thing. Yes. Craigslist for cabs all day. One of the great thing about cabinets on Craigslist is most people who are selling cabinets on Craigslist is because they have determined they don't want to ship them. And so that's where you're going to score that deal every time um, is contacting somebody and say, Hey, you know, you know, they, they know every time they know they can get more on reverb and eBay, but it's about the hassle. You know what I mean? It's a lot easier for you to go get it. So speaker cabinets are just a score right now used on Craigslist. I constantly find them. Uh, in the last week I found two or three just, I just don't need any, but I was like, man, really great ones. Uh, David Gibson said, Hey Phil, can you review Chapman and Schechter bases? Oh, did you see Anderson's sire Marcus Miller review? Um, uh, Thanks much. No, I didn't see it. I'm going to watch it though. Uh, is that the new, that's the new line of Marcus Miller bases that are affordable. So that'll be interesting. I'm really interested in that. I know Chapman does bases. I, I love Schechter bases. I, I've I've owned many Schechter bases and I don't know why every time I got rid of them, I don't know why I got rid of them. Uh, I miss every single one of them I've ever had and got rid of. So They, they david cornblatt i just gotta ask answer it. he says david cornblatt says is this the end of the guitar industry what a what a dun 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 no <laughs> no think about this even if guitar was dead it's gonna its carcass is gonna remain for a, a longer than us That's what I I honestly think. I think even if it was dead, dead meaning that there's no youth interested in guitar anymore. still takes a while for it to die out. So it's not, you know, it's not the end. So, and I actually kind of feel like in some ways it's, it's as big as it ever was, just different. So I don't know. And maybe, maybe what it is is, I don't know. As long as you know, we already know the answer. As long as people buy music with a guitar in it, there'll be there'll be guitar. Um, and something to point out, you know, like uh, my my daughter's really into musicals, uh, and uh, so we went and saw the Greatest Entertainer that musical. It was great. It was. I recommend that movie if you're into musicals. Um, my favorite movie of all time is the Blues Brothers, which is a musical. So, uh, and uh, so, anyways, we went and saw it. It was fantastic. And what I noticed was when I was listening to the the soundtracks. There's guitars in it, you know, and so uh, and I think la la land another musical again That's doing really well. These are these are hit movies with you know, they're they're influencing kids right now They have guitar in them So as long as they have a guitar, I just you know I just don't think my kids right now care about shredding like Yngwie right now. They're just not as much, but we'll see Habs 247 says what Nick pickup? what neck pickup do you like for death thrash power groove metal blues rock? Thinking the SDC we're not 59 neck Seems to be the versatile one. Well, yes, that would be a very versatile pickup because think about this. The 59 neck pickup is in the Dimebag Darrow guitar. It's in the Nuno Benton court guitar. It's in exactly what you said. Every every genre you just named, there would be a person that I can mention that has that neck pickup in it. So it's a pretty safe rounded neck pickup. In fact, uh, there's a lot of people who don't like the JB in the bridge and there's people who like it. So that one is it's polarized, right? I don't say it's 50-50, but it's close. Where the 59 Neck is definitely one of those, like, you'll find six or seven out of ten guitar players that like it. So that's a safe guitar, That's a safe pickup. And it's relatively inexpensive, and you can find it used if you want to as well. I have it in a bunch of my guitars. Uh, yeah, see, John saying, hey, the 59SD uh, is great. Yep, I have it in a bunch of my guitars. Uh, no, no issues for me um, at all. Okay. Jay Cut says, "How can I fix a chip the size of a quarter? Wow, that's a big, that's a that's a chunk. Okay, so it's so size of a quarter in a black Telecaster. How much would you or an average shop charge to repair like that? Well, that's refinish work. So, and my guess is uh, you're, it's not a lacquer guitar; it's a polyurethane or polyester. So you have to find somebody who does refinish work. So you have to decide." Um, and that's a trick because it depends on your area where you live, right? Where I live, there's one legitimate shop. In other words, they have a physical shop you can go into. And there's probably one or two guys in, in the area that do refinish work that I would recommend you to if you live local. Um, uh, but I don't know exactly what they would charge, right? That's one of those things where, you know, realistically, you got to go into a shop and, hope that they take mercy on you and they can give you a decent deal. You know what I mean? Um, It's Sometimes they give you the, I don't want to do it price, you know, and that's the, you know, 300 bucks. And you're like, well, I can get a guitar repainted. Cause that's the biggest problem with a, with a guitar, like a Telecaster or Stratocaster. It's all sweet, easy swappable parts. You can buy a black Telecaster body for 200 bucks. So if somebody wants 150 bucks to fix your chip, you can just buy a new body. So, so what I would recommend to you is this is an idea instead of having the guitar fixed you could go to eBay or to just their website stratosphere.com it's a, it's a it's a parts website they literally dismantle thousands of fender guitars and sell the parts see if you can find if you have a squire if you have a Mexican telecaster if an American telecaster doesn't matter find your uh, commenting body and if you can find a body for a250 a black telecaster body or something like that and with your with a chip in it maybe it's still worth 100 bucks to somebody right? something like that. So that's, I'm just giving you as a suggestion, you don't have to just have it fixed. You can actually look at doing a body swap, right? Somebody may not, you know, some people don't care if it's chipped, if the price is right. So something to think about that too, is an option, um, especially with something that's easier to swap parts than it is to paint. So, um, and, and the other thing too, that stinks is, is that, um, Uh, A lot of guys who do refinish work will tell you they would rather paint a guitar from scratch than refinish. So, so something to think about. (laughs) John's like, I love a body swap. Yeah, well, there you go. Cool. And then Carl's saying, yeah, he's recommending Stratosphere as well. I've had good luck with Stratosphere. I bought uh, tons and tons of parts from them i've never had a bad experience with stratosphere uh and i've never met anybody has bad experience so i mean if you had one post it in the comments please let us know if you're not having a good experience with them but for the most part fantastic stuff reasonable price stuff and and there's other sources besides them too if you can't get a better better deal so um so there you go the okay uh well we're kind of at an hour but we'll go a little there's 1275 us hanging out man so maybe we'll go a little long so because there's a lot of people and i appreciate that and we still have to do the shout out so we'll do the shout out for everybody who who helps the channel um so uh okay sorry a lot of questions popping at once i'm trying to find some of you guys are just responding to each other. It says, okay, here's one from Sean T. Sean T says, hey, Phil, I never get to see you live. Oh, well, good. I'm glad you get to see me live now. He says, wow, 1,200 people watching live? Yeah, that's crazy. That's the highest it's ever been. It's never been. It's 1,277. It's never been this high before. Uh, it's, I mean, we've been over 1,000. I think we even crossed 11, but never over 12. Do you think Fender will make a one-watt range of amps? No. Uh, and, 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 you know, never say never, right? They could... <laughs> Come out tomorrow, uh, but the reason I say no is this is something that I've always been ever since Marshall did the one watt series of amps. That whole series of all their popular amps, I thought, man, was it what a great thing to do. And when I've asked companies, you know, just curious, all high end companies, low end companies, I get the same kind of answer from everybody. Whether it, they have it made overseas in China or if it's built by hand, they all seem to say the same thing. The problem is, is that transformers uh, and tubes as a whole have kind of set pricing in the idea that, you know, a a transformer that's going to work in a one watt amp is not considerably a lot less cheaper than the transformer in a five or 20 watt amp. Okay. So, um, and I guess I see their logic. It's kind of like tires on a car, right? The tires get more expensive as they get bigger and stuff, you know, in different sizes, like say cars, truck tires, but they don't triple in price. You know, these go up in increments, kind of like guitar cables too, you know, 10 foot is just a little less cheap than 20 feet and so on, so and so on. So I get it. They're they're basically saying it's hard to to do that, and that people don't really want to pay uh, a lot of money for a one watt amp. Although funny enough, when they ever say that to me, I always say, "Well, Marshall did it for eight hundred bucks, and they sold out." So, although I don't think people want to pay eight hundred dollars for a one watt amp, there is proof that it happened because Marshall sold out, and they're getting eight hundred dollars used for them now. So there you go. But me personally, I think it's a cool idea, right? Um. So especially, I like the idea of five watt amps to switch down to one watt. So that way you have a little bit more power if you ever need it. Uh, Kelvin, Kelvin 1976 says, hey, Phil, best advice for breaking through the guitar playing plateau. And please don't suggest those annoying YouTube ads. Huh? Well, you know, I don't know if you know this, Kelvin, uh, uh, but sometimes when you start guitar, it's a little frustrating. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I was gonna do a musician ad just to be funny. Uh, cause uh, no, man, no, you know what? I'll, I'll give you the advice uh, that I, uh, did a clinic, uh, where I was at a clinic with George Lynch. And he said, uh, this thing that I thought makes a lot of sense. He says, when you, uh, you practice too much, you sometimes paint yourself in a corner. In other words, you just kind of feel like you just can't Right? You're like, exactly. You hit a plateau. And he said what he does is he stops playing guitar and, um, that seemed silly to me at first, like not like a silly answer, but like a really like we're well, OK. How is not going to playing make. And uh funny enough, I had my last time I had a real big plateau where I was like, I just can't get past this. I went on a two day vacation, not because of that it just happened to time up. Right. And normally where I would drag a guitar, like I said, I take guitar everywhere. I just didn't. And when I came back the house, I was so. Excited to see a guitar and play guitar that I just was back in it again. So sometimes the best time, best way to get past a, an issue, is to not try to push through it or find new inspiration, but to take a break. So that's a suggestion I give you too as well. If that doesn't work, definitely remember this. Then also listen to other artists. Right? Don't worry about lessons. Uh, sometimes if you're ta- if you're practicing is 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 rudimentary it's like you just got to keep doing it at some point if it's not working it's not practice you need maybe need a different inspiration so try something else you know in other words uh, try some other music uh that's why i go to concerts i wish i can synthetically inject into me what concerts do i go to concerts and i just have never found another way besides being there physically in a concert to feel that excitement for music um i watch them live on netflix i watch them live when i buy the dvds they're amazing but man it's just there's nothing like being there with real musicians and watching what they do um and it's it's great for all the, r- r- the right reasons sometimes it's frustrating cuz i see them what looks like effortlessly doing things that i just never been able to do in my life and they, look, they don't even look like they're trying and then sometimes it's just because you know you just you you see the you feel the excitement and the rage and 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 one of the things i really love too is they tend to do things live that they don't do in the albums and you just don't notice it until you're there okay shaman blues oh shaman one of the man shaman so you know is like one of my very first subscribers shaman's been around since since the beginning i appreciate that shaman uh uh so shaman blue says philip mcknight your thoughts on the 11 rack oh i've done i've talked about this before uh i don't know if they're still for sale on sweetwater stuff for 350 but you can't beat that thing for 350 um i think it's and i'm just saying this because I, I it's what i feel and i don't want to upset the the axe FX guys too on top of that but i really do feel this way i don't think it's as good as axe FX, so i'm sure that makes the axe effects guys happy um but i think it's darn close for for price you know right for its price percentage in other words you know if you don't have two to twenty five hundred dollars for 11 or for axe FX, 11 rack will get you pretty close what i do notice is this there is a huge amount of axe FX owners who had 11 racks So, and they all say the same thing. They like their 11 rack, but the Axe FX was better. And I find when that's the terminology, uh, and they will also say when they did recordings, they thought the 11 racks did a lot of things right. I have a friend who's recording with 11 racks for years and his recordings sound fantastic. I got nothing bad to say about 11 rack. Um, So, in fact, I think I almost bought one when they first went on sale. I just talked myself out of it. And the only reason is I don't have any rack gear. So I thought, well, where am I going to put it? Okay. Uh And I want to answer this one. I don't have an answer for it, but uh Brendan McBride answered uh, asked it a couple times, I've seen it a couple times. So, he says, "How do you like the Gibson Dirty Finger pickup?" Uh I haven't. I love it. Uh you know, I've I've had guitars with them in there and uh I don't remember thinking anything about them. You know what I mean? Like, "Wow," or, you "No, know, hey, I hate this." I just remember going, "That's the pickup that's in them." Um most notably, um it was one of the strange, there's a strange shape, Gibson. I forgot which one it was, but I did a setup on it. And I remember it had those pickups in it. And the same thing, the guy who had the guitar was like, these are fantastic. But I was playing them through a, a little rolling cube for the setup, you know, on my, on my bench. So I, I really couldn't tell you uh, anything about them particularly. So maybe I need to take a little look at them. So really good stuff. Well, we're almost at 1,300, 1,290 people. So maybe we should hang out and see if we can break 1,300. You think we should keep going? (laughs) I don't know. Oh, I just dropped 1,288. Maybe we shouldn't even say anything. Uh, So, uh, okay. So wait. Oh, somebody's got something funny. Hold on. Uh, My favorite is Alex says, I'll pay you later. Question. All right. You don't have to pay me later. Question. Yes, you can see me. Good. AliExpress. You can buy cheap more pedals. Are they any good? Um The more pedals I have are okay I I I think they're really good pedals. They are not Nothing Nothing is you know been like the most blow me away pedals ever. They're really good pedals I own a bunch of more pedals. Um, and there's a few that I really like more than others. (laughs) No pun intended. Um And uh, the ones I like I like their looper. It's a good looper. I like, uh, their uh, the radar that thing's really cool some of their preamp pedals, I, I like some of them. Some of the other preamp pedals are okay. Um, but what's great about them is they're one of those companies, again, that for the price, the product is it, it, it's fine. Like there's nothing in that price range that says, yeah, this is not a good product. Everything is good for the price. Just some of it is actually better. One of the ones that I, uh, you know, the E-Lady flanger is one of my favorite flangers, probably period. Uh, I would put it in my top three flanger pedals. So that says a lot about their product. Um, so Thomas uh, says, uh, Hey, you love locking tuners. Do you also change out nuts to tusk or bone? Depends on the guitar, believe it or not. Um, but tusk is easy because they usually make prefab nuts that fit in most guitar situations. So I have them all and I just drop them in and to shape them as I need uh, bone. I always have to cut from scratch and, uh, I, for customers, I will, I, I, I'll, I'll just say bone a lot of times just cause I think it's a slightly better material and it's easier, you know, or it's not easier. It's just a slightly better material and it's easier on the strings. It glides a little better than Tusk, I think, um, in my personal experience is, but for me personally, I sometimes will go the lazier route cause Tusk is preformed and I can go with it, but, um, there is no downside to Tusk over bone. Just, I prefer bone over Tusk and I think I prefer graphite over bone. So, and a lot of my guitars that have bone is just because aesthetically it looks better with uh, that color than the, the black tusk nut. So, uh, let's see. Carl Larson says, No, your gear, I thought it was about steroids. Well, obviously, I'm not taking steroids. And if I am, I'm taking either the wrong ones or I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> So, <laughs> so, um, okay. Um, we hit 1300, by the way, there's 1305 people, 1306. Yeah. It was 1306. That's the record high for the channel. Everybody just to let you guys know, uh, 1300. And for that, we'll do a couple more minutes of a we'll bonus round this stuff, uh, for you guys all hanging out. Uh, I really appreciate it. It's, it's like I said, it's fun. So we don't, I don't have to be anywhere if you don't have to be anywhere. Um, Oh, uh, here's a good question. Uh, Duddy 99 says, Hey, how do you feel about Gretsch Electromatic pickups in my blue Gretsch? Uh, I have the pickups and I, I constantly was saying, you know, I like them. However, this week I was a being against my Japanese made pro series with the, uh, the, the TV Jones in it. And the TV Jones is really are, are nicer. Um, so to answer your question, there's nothing wrong with the Electromatic pickups that I found. I like them, but Definitely if you A B them to TV Jones, there's an improvement there. There's a little bit more highs. Uh, they're they're more Gretsch sounding, if that's even a thing that you could say. Um, so uh, here's my question to you. If you like, if you like the pickups, I, I think you're on the right track. Me personally, I think they sound very Gretsch-like, but not as Gretsch like as Filtertrons and uh, TV Joneses, but definitely, definitely good pickups. I think they did a good job. Um Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, question was, did you review the Marshall DSL amps? Uh, just bought the 40 and I'm in love with it. Um, that's Julian. I have not. I have the one watt. I'm, I'm, I've got the review. It's done. Um, again, I, I, I think that's the next one I'm going to pop out, the next review. And um, uh, so I'll have that review of that. I liked it i didn't love it and i'll uh, you'll see in the review what i said which is basically i think the 20 and the 40 might have been a smarter move so so you know uh i think the one watt is great i thought i was using it at the logic of for a late night practice amp and recording would be great but i think the features that it's missing off of what the other ones have i think i was better off just going with the 20 watt or the 40 watt um Oh, Bruce uh, Bruce says, hey, how do you fix a Les Paul that's constantly out of tune? Um, well, what you'll notice in most cases on, on a guitar like that is that when you say out of tune, first thing you have to do is tune the guitar up and then play it, right? Strum it, power chords, whatever you do. And then when it's out of tune, don't just start tuning it. Pay attention to what strings were in tune and what strings are not in tune. And generally speaking, on guitars like that, it'll probably be the D and the G strings that are out of tune and hopefully none of the others the other four stay consistent if that's the case uh that's normal and so you just got to make sure the nut is cut right and and the best thing to do is with the guitar is uh, like that is a super easy system right uh don't worry about repairing it worry about diagnosing it so what you want to do is tune the guitar up play it when it's out of tune check what guitar strings are out of tune the ones that are out of tune what i want you to do is use some kind of lubricant whether it's a uh, a uh, uh, a pencil you can use pencil You know uh, right or you can use uh big ben's nut sauce or lubricate by daddario um anything like that uh put that in the slots and that are out of uh, the strings are out of tune tune it back up and then play it and here's what you're looking for if it stays in tune great and if it goes out of tune but if you notice it's less dramatic like it was let's say it was going a whole half a whole half step a half step or a whole step down below and now it's going less out of tune than that let's say if it was a half step or a whole step it was now it's going to hold, God. Let's say it was going a whole step down. Now it's only half step, right? So in other words, you reduce the problem. Then you know it's the nut. And so you'll just need to make sure that gets corrected. At that case, you'd want to take it to somebody who can uh, file the nut slots for you perfectly, or you need to learn to do that yourself. Either way, that's going to be the issue. Um, and that's that's really a common thing. And on Les Pauls, another problem sometimes is the nuts uh, slots are cut too deep. And that's a big problem. If you notice a lot of less Pauls when you look at them, uh, the, the strings look like they're riding right on top of the nut. They're just trying to minimize contact. Keep in mind, they want as little contact as possible. There's a reason why frets are also kind of rounded over, right? It's because you want the contact with a string to be on a smallest point as possible, right? So same with the nut. You want that point to be as small as possible. You don't want to deep, big grooves in there with the content because it's just going to bind up and cause problems. So that's what I would recommend doing for that. um okay so okay jared briggs says hey phil how did you get your comfortable guitar price point i played a 57 gold top and loved it yeah i can tell you exactly how it happened so uh joe zahn that owns Zon bases uh i once bought a custom zon bass from him and it was my dream instrument uh, you know, I guess I could say that a lot, a lot of instruments, but in this case, it was like a, wow, I can't believe I bought this. And I actually bought it at dealer cost and at dealer cost. It was the most expensive instrument I ever bought in my life. And what happened was I started noticing that the instrument wasn't bringing me joy. Like I wasn't showing it to people. I wasn't picking it up and playing it. I was putting it back in the case. I was coddling it. Um, and I, after time, what I realized was I didn't feel comfortable owning it. You know, I really, what I worried about constantly was if it got nicked, the instrument, you know, was going to be worth half of what I paid. And that just the amount of money I would lose. And I was like, well, it doesn't matter what I lose because I'm going to keep it right. I love it. I'm going to keep it forever. And, um, and I don't know what it was. It just, there's just something about that just didn't make me feel comfortable. So that's what I kind of learned. You know what I mean? Is that, um, I, if I, when I say I'm a, collector of guitars i collect them because i enjoy them but i play them you know what i mean um that the framus is is, it's got a nick in it already i nicked it um because i'm playing it i dragged it everywhere i took it to reno i took it to california i drag it everywhere um and and i and and i would you know and if i would have paid the crazy price for it i know what i would have done i would have put it in a glass case and left it alone and i was okay to do that because it commemorated an experience that i wanted to kind of remember for a long time Um, but that's where that comfort zone thing come from. So, okay. Uh, all right. Anything else? Any more? Yeah. uh, Matt's saying it's too nice to enjoy properly. Yeah. That would be the exact, that's the exact feeling of it. The really truth is what i came to conclusion was i can't afford it that's what that means to me if i'm worried about it then it's probably because i can't afford it and i push myself too far so um william says it's a good question believe it or not because it's something i'm sure a lot of people talk about uh it says hey phil do you name any of your guitars and if so which ones um I don't really name the guitars. Uh, the the interesting story, of course, is naming guitars became really famous because of Lucille, which is B.B. King, and he named the guitar. If you don't know the story, it's a funny story at Wikipedia. B.B. Uh, King named his guitar Lucille to, uh, because when he was young and he was playing in the club, um, the, two men got in a fight and knocked over a candle, and apparently the bar caught fire, and he had to leave the bar. Everybody ran out of the bar, and when he was outside watching the bar on fire, BB King realized that he needed his guitar to play tomorrow if he wanted to make money, and he ran in and grabbed his guitar, and I guess he got burned, right? He got hurt. And so the next day when he went to the bar owner to collect his money, the bar owner's like, well, I'm not paying you. And he said, well, what was that all about? And he goes, well, they were fighting over uh, the waitress Lucille. So he said he named the guitar Lucille to remind himself not ever to do anything that dumb again. That's his story. Of course, I'm sure you know you go out there and find different stories, but that's the that's the one that I – there's a video somewhere King, saying the story um But naming the guitars. No, you know what it is. I I tried to do it a couple times You know, I'm like I'm gonna name this one this and I'm gonna name this one this and um, no, you know what? it is? you just run out of Desire to do that for me. So that's why I didn't do it. Um, but I know tons of people who do it, right? Uh, you know what I notice I noticed the thing I've noticed that's the that's the most interesting is I notice a lot of people who have names to their guitars. It's not the guitar player that names them, it's their family members name them. Like um, so a lot of a lot of men that I know, their wives name their guitars, and a lot of women I know their men their husband named the guitars, but it's just a thing, right? So <laughs> guitar hack says, My guitars are all named Bob. <laughs> that's that's probably confusing for them. so <laughs> yeah maybe that's what i should do yeah number one so i'm trying to think right now if i have any guitars where i have a physical name you know i don't i can't even think one or other behind me they're named um guitar the guitar hangout says phil what do you think of the sq Qu- squires um i know i have a squire coming uh the new contemporary series squire i have one of those coming I'm very excited about that uh, because it's a 12-inch radius fretboard, and there, it's got a painted headstock. A lot of cool stuff, so I'm very excited about that guitar, and that's that's coming on its way soon. Um. Okay, Cole Bowman says, "What do you think of the S2 PR single cut over the S2 single cut standard?" Um. So I have the S2 single cut hollow body, semi hollow. That's the black one behind me. And I like the single cut standard, but I'm not really a big fan of the unfinished body. I I like it, but I like the finish. Some people, it's the opposite of me. Some people don't like the painted ones because they're like plasticky because they got that candy coated finish on them. To to me, PRSs just have a kind of a plasticky kind of neck feel that I like. You know what I mean? I like it's like gloss, you know, paint. So I, I prefer it over that. Um, but I, I like the S2 single cut standard a lot. It's just really kind of cool, right? And we're going to probably call it. Um, before I do a couple more questions, I just want to do this real quick because I didn't do it. And I want to say, uh, as always, I want to thank everyone who, obviously, as we always do, right now, check this out. Here we go. I want to thank all the guys that, that and, and the gals that make this happen, man. Uh, you know, Bradulous and Jeff Howes and Zachary Rowe and Michael Newman. You guys uh, are great. Bruce Garris. Hannah Gunson's got a channel. Uh, he wears a ski uh, a, a ski mask like Jason, you know, the Friday 13th. It's kind of crazy videos. Uh, check it out. John Jackson, Michael Shy, uh, Justin Mabe. Uh, and uh David Madison. Uh he's got a channel too. Uh so check out his Lawrence uh, Petros. Everybody knows his pedals, man. They they've been hanging with me for a while. Uh James Biles, Robert Brooks, uh Brooks, uh Tim Camacho, Robert Hodges, S- Steve Penna, Paul, I can't even say the last name, Michael Lidner, Joe Watson. I'm gonna learn your name, Paul. Uh Brent Odell and Gregor, too. I gotta figure out your name. Gregor was the guy who won. Uh he won he had the Chapman guitar that won on the on the sharpen my axe video so you know so thank you for for he kind of became a patron after that video so thank you um bob pickwood tim john Leavitt space jazz pedal pal Effects because uh, we love their pedals ricky robson chuck keen chris glaze dylan 87 and russ at torres pedals and of course everyone else i just want to say thank you uh because uh you know you guys make this happen i appreciate that it's great um so as always, and we'll end with, like, let's say two questions, and then we'll call it. Um, Because we went 30 minutes over, but for the amount of people we're on today, we, we should do that. So, um let's see. So, somebody said, see, I don't understand. I will tell you one more time, guys. If I don't answer your question, you got to repost it. Because somebody said, Phil, absolutely raging that Helix made his collection obsolete. Uh, tell you right now, nothing makes me rage. <laughs> so I have real problems in the real world. Nothing in the gear world is real to me. And I hope it's not real to you either. If you guys aren't enjoying this, you guys are you guys are doing it wrong. There's real problems out there in the world to worry about. Um, Says so refuse to answer question. Sad. Uh, yeah, sorry, buddy. You gotta re ask the question a mi- couple times over. There was 1,300 people posting stuff. So, uh, but to answer your question about the Helix, if the question is what I think about it, I like the Helix. Um, it's cool. I like it like the axe effects. I just don't want to program anything right now. So, and the main reason is, and maybe this will help you guys with the axe effects and the campers and stuff. Um, I collect pedals cause I enjoy checking them out and seeing what, you know, they all do. And there's interesting things about them. And there's a few pedals that I like to play a lot. Um, you know, cause they're, they're interesting, but 90% of the time when I play, I don't play with any pedals at all. <laughs> so, um, I I usually play the amps. So if I want a Fender amp, I play a Fender amp. If I want a Marshall sound, I play my Marshall. If I want a Mesa sound, I play my Mesa. Um, You know, that's kind of what I do. So if I want a 5150 sound, I play my EVH. So I play the amps I have. And then, um, you know, uh, the pedals are just something cool to mess with and have fun with. Um, And a lot of times it's nice to build up a little pedal board and put it in front of a Fender amp and have a good tone. But yeah, that's why a multi-processing unit that does all this Yeah, I understand. It's great, except for, um, yeah, somebody said Supros are great. I have a Supro as well. Um, but the, uh, I mostly play clean. So I play like my Fender Princeton a lot because I just play clean. So (laughs) So he says, Hey, Phil, I didn't know you worked at the Fender Custom Shop. I don't, but I have a cool Fender Custom Shop shirt um uh i bought this shirt a couple years ago the for a while i used to have pretty much nothing but a fender wardrobe because i'd buy everything with fender logos on it just because i was like harley davidson stuff i thought it was cool um so william says hey phil how can i become a patron i'll put a link uh and william you can go to the patron site or you can go to my website there's a Patreon link if you'd like to do that uh check it out and it's up to you again like i said i appreciate anybody you guys doing that stuff um, and so there is, all right. I think that's it for questions, right? Uh, fender lover 83 says, do you own a parts of caster? Is it worth selling it? Uh, I have owned parts of casters and one of the most, uh, I had a parts of caster that I once dumped over a thousand dollars to, and I got $300 for it. That I think is normal. (laughs) So you know, Um, parts of casters are great. You can build a custom guitar out of parts and have a fantastic guitar and save a fortune. You save a fortune until you sell it. So don't sell it. (laughs) If you can do that, that's the plan. All right. Uh, Let's see. Glenn says, did you realize your phone number and address are on the live stream? Yeah. Did you know they're on my website? So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I understand. I own businesses. And when you own businesses, unfortunately, everything you have is kind of public. So, all right. On that note, um, okay. I think we're good. I think it was a good hang. I had a lot of fun. I hope you guys had a lot of fun. Uh, Thank you guys again for hanging out with me. Um, so it was awesome. I uh, will be doing this again next week. Of course, next Friday, same time, same, same channel. Um, and, uh, and, uh, hopefully look forward to some videos coming out. I got some videos that I should be uploading. I will finish editing one today. So I don't think I'll put it out today. I think I'll put it out for tomorrow. So other than that, I'll see you guys soon. And as always, uh, thank you and, uh, know your gear.